Hi, it's Michael Waits. Welcome back to the Social Innovation Podcast. You can't do that to me when I'm doing the introduction. Hey, Dan, how are you doing? It's yeah, good to great to see you, Michael. Good to see you as well. All right, Michael, we're really happy to have on the show today um, Neil Gaines. Who's Hello, a, good morning. Yeah, good morning, hey, Neil. Um, Neil, I thought it'd be great to have on the show because he's got a PhD in psychology, I understand, and he's also the author of Brand Essence, Using Sense, Symbol and Story to Design Brand Identity. Um, and he brings a just enormous amount of experience um, to the show. I think about 25 years of consumer research. Yeah, I don't like to think of a number. Oh, right. <laughs> sure. well, I never would have guessed you were that old. <laughs> but I'm definitely, as usual, still yeah. the oldest person in the room. How are you doing, Neil? I'm good. I'm enjoying Bangkok. Do you want to say where you're from? Uh, I'm originally from the UK, and but I've lived in Asia for getting on for 20 years. Now. Okay, so similar to me. Actually, the three of us are pretty similar. I've been in Asia for almost 30, but I'm probably 10 years older than you, so you'll catch me at some point. <laughs> I'll catch up. Yeah. You'll catch me when I die, which is good. Um, right, so yeah, I thought it'd be great to have him on the show because he just brings a perspective about um, understanding um, people, motivation, behavioral change, which is quite different. And I guess the... Um, the cards that he's brought along is indicative of the, the sort of the innovative approach that Neil has to consumer research and research about people and motivation. Yeah, I was going to ask, what are all these cards? You spread out a bunch of cards on the table here. How many cards are there? There are nearly a hundred cards. Wow. And they. And what's the point of the cards? The point of the cards is to try and capture some of the implicit feelings that people have, get kind of below the hood of what they say to how they really feel in a kind of more in intuitive way. So, I mean, it's, it's a good way to, to get people to introduce themselves. So, actually, what I was going to ask you, Michael, maybe as a way of introducing yourself, is do you want to take a look? I've laid all the cards out on the table them. here. Just kind of scan them okay. um, and, and pick, a, pick a card or two cards so that really card, represent you. Yeah, so the cards kind of run the gamut, right? Like, I'm yeah. looking at one that looks like the guard at Buckingham Palace. There's a guy yeah. who looks like an airline pilot. There are some... There's a guy sitting in a car. And it's interesting to me, so already I've just picked three cards. I didn't pick them yet, but they were all guys. I don't know, maybe my eyes just went there. Well, yeah, I mean, that's typically, of course, that the normal? cards often reflect how people see themselves Fair or right. how they want other people to, to see, see them, them, of course. Yeah, so that's the really tricky thing, right, is how do you see yourself, but how do you think other people see you or how do you want other people to see yeah. you? Well, you, you can dig into that by asking kind of questions in different ways. Let's do that. To okay, see let's do people. it. So let's, let's do, let me pick a card about myself first. Let me look around. Okay, there's actually a card of eggs. I don't think I'm going to pick that one. Don't kind of <laughs> you don't like it. You don't like eggs? Or I like eggs. I eat <laughs> eggs all the time, but I normally eat not, not the shells, and all I see is eggs and shells. Okay, I'm going to pick this one. This is one, it looks like kind of a moonscape or a desertscape. A guy, you can't see his face, and he's in some kind of... Uniform is the wrong way to explain it, but he's wearing one of those kind of big backpack things that maybe an astronaut would wear. So maybe it is a moonscape, and it's very kind of orange-brownish with a big blue sky in the background. So it doesn't look like the moon. It looks more like an Earth, but like a desertscape. So that's what I'm going to pick for me. Okay. Does it, do you connect that? Because that was quite a detailed description. Do you connect that with a particular experience in your life or particular no. time and place or... It's really, so I think everything, I think there's a fallacy of now that most people live with, right? So if I, if you came in tomorrow, I may pick a different card. Okay. And I think that that's true for everybody. And I think that if you talk about psychology, you have a PhD in psychology, you know this better than I do, but I think it depends on the day that you talk to somebody, depending on what kind of, 
kind of mood that they're in or what their what the exogenous is that the right word factors are on yeah. that day or in their lives at that time depending on how strong they are but for me this I don't know exactly what it represents but this is what I felt like today okay could you say a bit more about exactly how it makes you feel well yeah so if I were somebody asking me questions about this picture what would I say well someone is walking into the Sun shadows facing backwards skies are blue positive right but they're alone that's important the person in this picture is alone and actually in some yeah. of the pictures that you have here a lot of the people are alone but they're doing things and in this case this person's yeah. doing nothing except walking forward alone okay I mean, on the yeah, there are a lot of pictures of people alone, but there are some pictures of people with other people yep, as well. Families and kids. So if you look at human, I mean, just as on the, the human motivations, that one one of the continuums of human motivation is the difference between your kind of self and your ego, and how you think about you as an individual versus right. how you relate to other people. Right. Well, so what do you? So if you look at this and you choose this, you don't know anything about me, and let's say I don't say anything about myself. What does that tell you? Well, do you want to turn it over and see what it says on the back? Okay, I hadn't, didn't even know there was anything. Storyworks, visual, think cards, discovery. Yeah, it says tapestry so, works, which is like... So I would say you're, company. as an archetype, you're an explorer. Okay, fair enough. Do you, would, does that... Yeah, it's a, pretty yeah. Good, <laughs> it's a pretty good description of me at some level. Yeah, I like to do new things. So one of the things yeah. that I say to Dan a lot is I never turn down a first meeting. I don't know what I'm going to get. It's just yeah. something I say. I don't know. Yeah. Right? No, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. I love, I love meeting new people. So do yeah. I. But I always have this constant feeling of, like when I go on vacation, I want to have a bicycle. Okay. Because I want to be able to go somewhere and see things that you can't necessarily see on a guided tour if you're in a car. Yeah. So discovery is something that's really important to me. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a big motivation. That's a big, I mean, and we were, I was talking about storytelling yesterday. Uh, in uh, one of the universities in Thailand. But uh, a lot of that was talking about sort of archetypal stories. And of course, the journey and discovery is is a very common kind of trope. In right, so we haven't talked about this yet. So on the back of this card, it also says tapestry works, weaving sense into brands. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about this a little bit too. These cards, you designed and developed them yourself? Yes. Based on what? Based on... So what's the background, yeah? Well, the background is 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 trying to, it's to, let's say two things. One is trying to understand human motivations. Mm -hmm. What is it people want out of life? What do they need? What do they value? What's right. important to them? Right. And and that's well kind of tr trod turf in in research, but it's often made very difficult. So you tend to have these very long focus group discussions with people. It's heavy analysis of the words that they use and words that they say. But to me, understanding values is actually quite straightforward. You can tell what people, what matters to people, usually quite simply. And, and the way that I've found works really well is to use pictures as proxies. And, and, and the advantage of the pictures over kind of more typical approach, I think, is it becomes a much more intuitive process as well. So you really, rather than getting people to sort of think too much about uh, what they say and how they want to present themselves, in a way you kind of shortcut their kind of rational brain. And, and they responded a very unconscious, intuitive way. But the, 
which captures better the essence of who they are. So, but do you get a sense that there are certain people that are more visual than others? In, in, in the sense that, you know, for me, I'm very visual. Yeah. Like super, I can feel it, right, when I see something. But other people are probably better at explaining things in words. Do you get a different reaction from people? You get different you reactions. You get some people who kind of fight against almost like uh, wanting to present. I don't know because they kind of, maybe that, it, it, again, it comes down to how they see themselves and they see themselves as a super rational person. These tend to be, uh, by the way, quite more common in business. Right. Business people tend to want to think very seriously and rationally. Do you see any differences across cultures as well? It's a good yeah. question. Absolutely, yeah. So... Um, I do a lot of my work in Asia, and one of the things in Asia and with Asian languages is that emotions are often quite difficult to express. The vocabularies can be quite limited as well. Very subtle, yeah. Yeah. And, and, And of course, we know that like Asian cultures are very context sensitive. So a lot of what people express depends on the context, not on what they actually say. Are there some cultures in Asia you'd say are more context-sensitive than others? Yeah, well, I mean, I, we know that, for example, in Japan, that's mm. certainly true. But uh, I have a lot of experience. So I lived in, in Indonesia for a few years. And I would say in, in Indonesia, similarly, Thailand actually, Thailand has a lot of kind of similarities with Japan in many ways. Well, sure. So, one of, so the, you bring up a really interesting point, and I want to get back to the pictures in a yeah. second, but I want to touch on that for a second. I lived in Japan for 22 years, and from, from the world's perspective, from outside, Japan looks like an organized, clean, kind of generic country. Yeah. And Thailand looks like a dynamic, insane, like no organization type of country. What I say about Thailand is there's order inside the chaos. Yeah. And in Japan, actually, there's a little chaos inside that order. Yeah, absolutely. But the point that I wanted to make was if you just peel back the paper and you look at it, both of them are like long-term monarchies, right? Both of them are Buddhist countries. And both of them are mostly Japanese and Thai. Now, I understand that there's a cultural and sort of social mix in Thailand that's slightly different than it is in Japan. But even the people that are here kind of take on Thai names and do that kind of thing. It's very similar in a lot of respects, actually. And that's why those two cultures seem to me to get along really well. Well, and also if you look at, like, um, the, the thing that strikes me, and I, I haven't lived in Japan or Thailand, but just the the formality of how people introduce themselves, to how they say hello. Sure. That's something. And uh, the aesthetic sense as well, yep. I think, is quite yeah. a, a common link as well. So I wanted to run back to this <clears> card. I made a little bit of joke about it. Yeah, yeah. When I was choosing the <laughs> eggs. And we talked about it a little bit before. So you we don't want to be a good recording. egg. <laughs> I mean, I want to be an egg at some level, but I don't want to be cracked either. <laughs> but the point is, I don't feel like this represents anything about me. But before we started recording, you said that this represented Indonesian beauty. And I thought that was really interesting. I want to get back to the cards that I've chosen yeah, in yeah. a second. But do you want to explain why? Yeah. So, um, I mean, to explain that it's, it's not just a, a, a bunch of eggs. It's a bunch of white eggs with a pink stroke golden egg in the middle right and when you talk to indonesian women specifically about beauty what that represents to them is that they can be a little bit different and stand out but they're still essentially the same as everybody else and if you look as as a cultural driver of, of of beauty in indonesia acceptance is the kind of big thing it's about being accepted by other people got it Okay, that's interesting. So if you stand out too much, you that's and no, that would be true in Japan as well, as we know. In, in yeah. Japan, nobody yeah. would ever choose that. Yeah. Oh, okay, because that's too 
that's too much, is it? It's too different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember the exact phrase in English, but the, the famous Japanese saying is like the nail that sticks that's out gets hammered down, yeah. right? Yeah. And even though it doesn't seem like that would still be true in 2018, I think it's just as true as it was in 1990 when I first arrived there. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think that's still relevant. So what else about this picture means something to you? And I picked another one too. We can talk about that in a second. Well, that, that's quite a different one to, to the, Is it the first one you picked. The think about them though. They both have sky. Yeah. There's a cloud in both of them. There's definitely sun. The image of the people, now there's more than one person in this, is yeah. dark, yeah. right? And on the back it says optimistic. Yeah. Which is kind of obvious. That's why I chose it. Yeah, yeah. But I think the combination of these two things really represent how I feel. Okay. So, so to me, I mean, they do have a common thread. But to me, the, 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 the spaceman or whatever we want to mm-hmm. call it, that's a, a very active kind of picture. It's about going out and exploring the world. So yep. it's kind of, yep. This one is uh, quite passive. It's about accepting what there is, not about changing. Uh, but maybe. So for me, I see optimism yeah. as something but they have really a link. active. I, yeah. see, I see optimism as something that's really active. Okay. Yeah, and the the other difference for me was, and I wanted to make this point by choosing this was, is that there's one person represented in this picture. Okay. Here there must be more than one because there are five hands. Yeah. So there's a point to this process, right? <clears throat> Michael's not only asked to pick one card, but several cards, yeah. right? And so you can't represent yourself by no. only one card. Yeah. It's a combination of things which do give you a true. It's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure I can pick more, but that's how I feel. Yeah, and you feel and. That would depend on the context. Like you say, if you came another day or another time of day, it might have changed as well. You it kind might have. Said, these are two core things about me that I think okay. are never going to go away. Good mood, bad mood, like super successful, super unsuccessful. So they're always both there. They're always in, there. These yeah. two things never go away, actually. And I like these two cards as a representation of those feelings. Um, but the other point I wanted to make is that of these 100 or 96 cards that you have, <clears throat> there are men, women... Little children, yeah. um, people of color, people in uniforms. There's a mess. There's a woman standing in the middle of a mess. None of these resonated with me at all. Do you want to talk a little bit about how I didn't choose any cards with any pictures of females in them? Yeah. Because most people strongly identify with their own gender and with their own culture. Um, so, so these cards, as you say, there's there's quite a variety. They're designed to be cross-cultural, so they're designed to work across different countries, right. uh, and that's very deliberate. Now, having said that, if if I'm working, say, with a client whose target is purely men, and we're talking about a male product, let's say, in mm-hmm. inverted commas, mm-hmm. then yes, you might just focus on male cards, right. male representations. So the cards are but, it, but if you're talking about a brand, yeah. um, then you might want to use both because you might want to find out are there masculine and right. feminine aspects so of that the brand. the cards are yeah. being used for, can be used for a variety of different yeah. questions. Yeah. Right, so that was the next thing I was going to ask you. So you brought up your book here, Brand Essence, right? Yeah. Using sense, symbol, and story to design brand identity. Yeah. So now that we've identified something about, two things about me actually, right? Optimism and exploration or discovery. I love this. Um, And we'll talk a little bit more about my feelings on entrepreneurialism in a few minutes. But I want to talk about how 
How would a brand use this? What's the innovation here? And what would a brand do? What do your clients do? How do they use this? What, what, mostly what I do with my clients is I'm using this and I have other tools as well. Mm-hmm. To, I'm trying to kind of dig into what are the implicit feelings that people have either about uh, a product and how they use that product, a category, or a specific brand, um, or a, even a specific advertisement or communication piece. Do, do and... The- and Therefore, helping brands to sort of better target communications around the things that have motivated people. And at what stage are you talking to these people? Because I have a real feeling and a strong sense that most people have no idea what they're really thinking. No, and that's absolutely do, true. That, first of all, and second of all, if they do, they're not honest with themselves about what those feelings are. Does that well, make sense? Yeah. I mean, that there's, 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 because so much of what goes on in the brain and, and drives decision-making is unconscious... We, we either don't have access to it. So a lot of a lot of what goes on in the brain is basically processing sensory experience. That's and that's the sense part in the brain which dri- drives how we. But that that information is all there in the back of our brains, but we don't necessarily have access to it. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, so one of the principles behind again designing these cards is this sort of trying to get people to recognize a feeling rather than trying to force them to remember it. Or what I call the recognition versus recall. And you see a lot of typical research, a lot of typical uh, ways that businesses try and understand consumers is talking to them. Right, it's about driving, understanding recall rates. And and often you talk to someone, they, they might know stuff about what they do and why they make decisions but either it's difficult for them to access it or maybe, as we say, like it, and because of language and because of context, but specificity, excuse me, I didn't pronounce that correctly. In Asia, it might be difficult to articulate. Or in a Japanese context, I mean, we're talking about Japan, in a Japanese context and, and actually in other Asian countries, when you get into negative feelings they can also be, for social reasons, quite difficult to express as well. But it becomes easier and, and, uh, to, to express them if it's just about recognising a picture and recognising that feeling through an image rather than through saying. Right, what, so what just they, a case of picking the cards. So you say that the cards act as a kind of a trigger on enabling them to yeah. then draw out some yeah. feelings which they helps them articulate... So that's again, it's the re- so things are generally memory is very bad unless you have the right cues. And the, the right cues are generally the feeling that's associated with that particular memory and the context. Now, what I've found is that obviously at one level, the cards work just by people picking the card and you can see underlying what, what's the association, what's going on in the sort of their mind. But it work, they work in a second way as well, because once the card's out on the table and the picture's there, then it's acting as a cue or a prompt for them to talk about what's really going on. And so it helps people to articulate those feelings as well. Can you tell when someone's just completely lying to you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they'll pick a card and they'll, well, be like, they'll be like, I see myself as this guy sitting in the car with yeah. a fancy tie because I'm in charge. And you're like, no, you're not. Because <laughs> no, I didn't Yeah, no, there's one at that level, but there's... Um, People confabulate a lot as well. So they pick a card and they don't really know why they picked the card. But then as you talk to them and you prompt them, eventually, I mean, I'm trying to... There's a card in here and 
It's okay. Keep talking. I'll, let me see if I can find it. It's a red card with a guy smoking a cigar, and it's it's it represents. Well, I, I, the label I give it is arrogance, and we can... We this can, guy. Yeah, yeah, this guy. Yeah. Well, I was never going to choose this one. Yeah, no. Ever. Um, and it's not that popular, like in it, for example, in Asia, that's really not very popular at all. But I've been accused of insane arrogance, though. Okay. <laughs> I would never choose that guy. <laughs> well, I, you, and you don't smoke cigars, I guess, as well. But. I might, but no, I don't. <laughs> and I would never have that look on my face, either. That guy looks like a complete uh, jerk. But I, I'll tell you, I, I, we, I did a, some research in Indonesia, and this is going back two or three years... And with the young, young teenage boys and girls, about for a chocolate brand. Okay. And the chocolate brand was like a single stick chocolate brand. Right. And this this young boy, and he was pretty kind of cocky. Cocky, yeah. 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 Um, he was talking about how he how he ate the product after playing sports. So he was like a basketball player, I think it was. And he picks this card, and went, okay. Um, That's so can you weird tell, for tell a me, guy, yeah. yeah t- t- tell me, you, you know what what came into your mind when you when you saw this card and he's like well the cigar's the same shape as the brand okay (laughs) can you tell me a bit more like about literally a minute and a half later and he kind of says it makes me feel really good about myself right (laughs) no that's you know you get to the feeling eventually but i I think sometimes people are just they they Desperately, their brain is scrambling to try and find a reason for why they picked that card, and it's buried in there somewhere. But they, what they do is they'll fixate on some kind of literal interpretation of what's in that image. So I'm conscious of time. No, yeah. don't worry about time. Um, you've been doing this kind of research for what kind of organisations? Um, quite a range of organisations. So I, I work with other agencies actually, including like media, advertising, design. I actually share an office with a design agency in Singapore. In Singapore, yeah. in Singapore. Um, but also, obviously, directly with clients, and that's ranging from uh, social media, finance, and obviously my background is in FMCG, right. so a fair bit of FMCG as well. And that's obviously, they're big spenders in research in, in Asia as well. Is. So I just had a... Do, do you want to ask something? I had an idea. Like you, you mentioned two words that I wrote down, recognition and recall, Yeah. right? And I think you're right. The longer you leave the cards out, it draws more, out. Yeah, because it's a trigger. You yeah. said that as well. Yeah. The more it draws out things. I think it would be a great idea, and I'm sure you do this as well. Like leaving the cards on the table yeah. is super powerful because the more you look at it, the more you're like, what does that mean? Yeah. Right? And the more it makes you think. And you tend to do that, and as you ask questions and like leave them out, and you build up a picture. Yeah. Like this is how do you normally take, I you actually take feel. Notes, yeah. Uh, well, I know the cards, so I'll take a picture at the end and I'll take notes or record. Recording is yeah, yeah, really yeah. And George, you're tying then what people are saying back into the images what's, as what's well. What's the feedback that you get from a brand or from an agency? Because at the beginning, like cards, who gives a shit, right? I mean, excuse my language, but who cares, right? <laughs> but when they're done, people must feel like, how can I get these cards? Yeah, but, but uh, well, it's interesting. To, when One of the feedbacks I often get is, First of all, the client would be a bit suspicious. Yeah, of course. What well, you that this seems a bit random and whatever. Right. But then they do ten interviews, and eight out of ten people pick the same card. They're like, now I get it. Now I get it because it means something. Right? Yeah. So also, this is a what you're showing us now is an example of how you do qualitative research. Yeah. But you also do use these cards in a quantitative, quantitative way. Yeah. So, so can you explain that. Yeah. No. I mean, it's essentially. I wouldn't use all 96, of course. Yeah. We kind of s- simplify. Mm-hmm. Um, but qu- 
quantitatively, mainly through online surveys or you, you, I'm obviously looking at developing an app or some kind of application where you can do this, like a Tinder app with the cards maybe. Um, Swiping, yeah. You mm. just peep, here are 36 pictures, it's typically what I do, 24 or 36, because there are 12 motivational kind of segments within this model. Um, scan the pictures and click the ones that best represent how you want to feel, how you feel about X or who you are or whatever the question is. Now, in some of the testing I've done, that if you have 36 pictures, literally takes people less than 30 seconds to scan the images and choose the right because it's very intuitive. If I do that same task with a set of 36 words or phrases, it takes people three or four minutes. Sure. That's what I said, the power of visualization. Yeah. For me, it's a thousand times easier. But, it's, it's, but also sim simpler and quicker and more fun and well, engaging. Working that way anyway. mm -hmm. so one of the Consumers things... actually love, they, when you first, they're sure. like, oh, and then they, they really right. get, and they love playing with the you could do this. You could do this both ways, right? <clears throat> so I could say, you can go on a date, right? Yeah. And just go pick five cards yeah. that represent you. Yeah. Or you could just pick, you go like this, pick five cards you think represent me. Well, that would be a really good way of testing uh, you know how I mean? you're doing on the date. Yeah. Well, not only that, but just <laughs> even before the date starts, you're like sitting down, doing, you want to drink? Sure, have the red. I'll get for the white. It doesn't matter to me. Now, here's some, here's a hundred cards. Pick five that you think represent me. And if you get like this one, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, like dear. this one. I think I've said something. <laughs> and this one, you're like, maybe it's time to go home. <laughs> but, but I think it's key. I think the fact that, first of all, that you're laughing, but also yeah. the fact that you understand exactly what I mean yeah, without no. knowing yeah. anything about the cards per se it means that they have meaning. There's some kind of inherent meaning. No, there is meaning. But, um, I mean, to, to go back to your question about pushback, sometimes go it's ahead. almost like this is too simple or too obvious. Right? What is, what's the... Well, I, I, that, that got picked a couple of times recently when I was working in Malaysia by Malay wives. Sure, absolutely. Talking about their family situation. Yeah, but this could be a date picture. It's like, yeah. if you're on a date with someone and that's how they feel, yeah. that's terrible. That's it's not good. A, it's a really, really tiny representation of a woman holding a megaphone, standing next to a completely outsized man whose top of his yeah. body you can't even yeah. see, right? So this is about, um, yeah, domination and being trivialized. Yeah. This is really interesting. This can be used in a bunch of different contexts. Yeah, no, and it works. People record, because as I said, people, if they, if it's familiar, they recognize it as soon as they see the picture. And like sometimes you get these the, the cards out and you'll ask someone a question and, and they'll literally, they just immediately, oh, it's this one. Because yes. they, know, they know instantly. But you saw me when I went to pick the cards that defined me. Yeah. It was really straightforward. Yeah, I, I didn't choose the penguin. And I didn't because it's easy, because you know. I know who we, I am. We, we know who we are, yeah. We know what we want as well. But this yeah. gets back to the brands as well. So there's a lot of work gets done on what you want your brand to be. Not what you think it is, but what you want it to be. Aspirations, right? Yeah. How, are, how are you aspirational about what your brand is? Right? So I have my own brand, and I know exactly what I want it to be. Yeah. And we should have gone through and picked some cards about what Well, we can was. still do that. We don't have so much time left, but we can do that again. Yeah. Um, but the idea is, and I, and I want to go back to this question about um, like psychological honesty. Yeah. Right. So it's really straightforward because I could pick these cards and say like, oh, I'm super positive. But you could see when you talk to me whether I'm negative or pessimistic or not. Yeah. Right. So again, it's just a way to judge brand awareness, self-awareness. Right. And I would love to see more research on this. I'm sure you've done a ton of it. But that's where things start getting really interesting. Right. So you mentioned when we looked at the egg picture offline that some percentage of Indonesian women that you interviewed chose this. Did I get that right? Yeah. What was the percentage? 
It was about uh, 40% of so the my 40% head. Yeah. in reference to how they feel about beauty. Beauty. Yeah. Right? But that's really and significant. ideal beauty. Right. Ideal Specifically, beauty. what, not how they felt about themselves, themselves. today, but right. how they wanted to feel. But again, just to do a little bit of like um, armchair analysis, that says, I want to be close enough to like what everybody else thinks yeah. is normal, but I just want to be slightly different. Yeah. Right? Slightly different color. Slightly different color. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. But again, that type of research is so we can have a, like like you said before, a qualitative conversation about what it means and how it makes you feel. But the more you do this, the more quantitative data you can get. You can start yeah, doing absolutely. some deep level analysis. Well, I mean, what this I, means, but right? I, I've done surveys with thousands of. That's what I mean. So yeah. literally, on, on actually, the, the example we're talking about with with Japan. Yep. There was a, a thousand women in Japan, a thousand women in Korea, a thousand in Indonesia, and a thousand in uh, Malaysia, and. At one level, there's a high level of consistency in the cards they choose, but also it pulls out the cultural differences. Not just the cultural differences between the countries, but the cultural differences between, say, married women across all countries versus single, single women, women and so on. Yeah, I'd love to see age group analyses done. By well, age groups, you get some differences, but my experience, well, particularly in that, in that particular piece, was that life stage has far more influence than the actual age. So you might have a, sure, you can be a 40, years old, 40 years old in Japan that's still single, single right. and you're more like a 20-year-old right. than you are like a married woman with kids. Who's 30. Yeah. So Neil, you've been applying this a lot with brands, helping organizations understand the sort of consumer perception of their brands, but yeah. you've also been using this for as a means to understand employee engagement. Yeah. Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it works very well because, again, it's kind of a very human way of asking people about how they feel about their job and their role and and, and their career mm-hmm. and how they and feel about the organization yeah mm-hmm. and but in a, again allowing them to articulate things in a, a relatively honest way as well and how that, do you see it sorry interrupt how do you see it being applied in a more broader sense say in the social sector it be applied in a sense of helping organizations understand how their sort of target audience understand a particular issue Maybe say around gender relations or the perceptions yeah, no, of education, I'll, things like that. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it, it it would it it would have a number of benefits, and obviously we talk about the sort of getting a higher degree of honesty and sort of uh, authenticity in the way that people respond and how they actually feel about a topic, mm-hmm. um, and also kind of humanizing it and sort of so you can mm-hmm. start to understand how that topic relates to either both how they see themselves but how they see themselves relating to other people because right. in, in most of those issues obviously yeah. there's a large social, social element, element as well. Yeah. I was just thinking it'd be very valuable in terms of understanding how people are perceiving new technologies as well. Yeah. And the sort of impact in their lives and the potential impact in their lives. Well, I've done some work with, uh, with Visa, for example, where we've been looking at like payment technologies and trying to sort of dig into what are the what are the real kind of triggers and barriers for people using technology and obviously a lot of obvious things come out about safety and and, and trust uh, but some in- other interesting things come out as well. do, do you develop new cards or are you yeah yeah no I'm constantly evolving and developing the cards so I mean the ones I de- have now it's taken me four years and various iterations sure but I've also I've developed sets that are specifically, obviously, male and female, for Asia, for Africa, for Europe. Sweet. Um, 
and even for I, I developed a set last year specifically for one country basically as an experiment right just to see how that yeah. works yeah so for Indonesia and it was quite interesting so I've actually tested Indonesian cards in Indonesia but also in another country to see how they work and if, in Indonesia they work really well and they give you basically the same answers right but in other countries they don't work so well because cult, the cultural references are less un, well understood so is that something you're working on developing kind of you know, <clears throat> cultural specific yeah so cultural specificity can be very helpful in particular if you want to understand and dig into a local culture and some of the kind of really kind of very specific local drivers of behavior um, but in general like in I mean, in this set that we've been playing with I've, I've tried to avoid cultural markers because they tend to put people off mm-hmm. it, it yeah, you want it, it makes it more difficult. You want to try and remove any kind of cultural. So, if, like for example, actually, skin skin color doesn't actually influence people that much in terms of the cards that they pick. But when you have specific cultural symbols, that acts much more as a sort of right, like flags, yeah. or dress, yeah. or mm-hmm. things like hijabs, that. or yeah, yeah. What, whatever it might be. Those yeah. types of things. Exactly. Look, I wanted to say thank you for coming in and doing this. I learned a ton today. Tapestry Works is the name of the company. That's the name of the company. Tapestry dot works. Tapestry dot works. Yeah. You're based in Singapore. Neil Gaines. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. This was really interesting. Thank you. It's yeah, been a great conversation. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. It's awesome.